Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Mindful Commerce podcast. Today I'm talking to Lucy Roberts, an amazing woman in e-commerce. Lucy is not only the MD of a Shopify Plus agency called Brave the Skies, she's also the founder of an online boutique called Reverie. Reverie is a curation of luxurious, sustainable and vegan pieces. Amongst some very girly giggling, we discuss how Lucy ended up in the e-com space, what it's like juggling two very big roles and how she's breaking the vegan, sustainable and luxurious debacle. And Lucy reveals her top e-commerce branding and marketing secrets, which you simply can't miss. I hope you enjoy! Um, shall we just start by talking about your story? So what's your story? What you up to? How did you get to where you are now? Yeah, of course. Um, it's quite quite a big question and I can give a long answer or a short answer. So I'm going to try and go somewhere in the middle. Um, so I have been, I suppose, working in e-commerce since I was 18, which feels like a really long time now because I've just celebrated my 30th birthday, um, which was exciting in lockdown. Um, so I guess, yeah, um, I've kind of worked client side and agency side um, in the UK and in Australia. Um, obviously, at the moment, I manage a Shopify Plus agency called Brave the Skies, which is super exciting. Um, and the merchants that I get to work with are amazing. Um, so I get to work with Rixo, with Kitchy Studio, with Les Girls, Les Boys. Um, and it's just, it's really lovely to work with such amazing brands who really care about their products and their branding um, and their customer experience. It, it makes my days very, very happy. Um, but it's been, it's been nice to have um, so much experience on both sides of the fence. Um, so I guess I started on client side um, working at uh, different e-commerce uh, brands um, here in the UK and then in Australia. Um, and it was always so interesting for me to, to be like hearing from customers and working uh, obviously within the companies and talking to agencies because there would always be, in my opinion, such a big disconnect between the brand and the tech partner. And it was almost like we weren't speaking the same language. So after I finished up um, working for Zimmerman, which was my last client side job, I ended up moving to an agency because I was really, really keen to understand you know, all of these really creative ideas that we have on the brand side, how do we actually build it and who builds it and how does it happen and who needs to do what and how does that work with the ERP and the in-store experience and the online experience and email marketing and ads. Um, so I joined, I joined a, at the time it was a Magento agency and we ended up diversifying into Shopify Plus as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so much fun um, kind of being able to fuse um, fashion and technology. Um, and I ended up, yeah really happily staying on agency side so I've been agency side now I think I'm in my seventh year wow um and being yeah being at the at the head of an agency and being able to run it in the way that I want to run it is is super exciting it's really rewarding that's so cool what's your role then as MD so I'm never really sure what it is <laughs> so um, it's really funny so my team members um call me mama bear I call oh. myself an intern um and I guess technically I'm the MD <laughs> it's um it's a really really varied role so it kind of every day is different which is amazing because I love variety and I love change so some days I'm working 
um, with new business, like talking to new merchants about what kind of solution they need, which tech partners they need to work with. Some days I'm working with our existing merchants on what their new collection is going to be and how we're going to market it, um, what the website needs to do to support it. Some days I'm working um, predominantly in HR and catching up with all of our team members, making sure they're all happy. Um, and other days I'm just uh, trying to keep my head above water, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. So it's really varied. Sounds like you wear a lot of hats and you might just wake up in the morning yes. being like... Oh, Lots I of hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wonder what's on my schedule today and then just yeah it's yeah it's definitely some days it's a case of okay I've actually got no meetings today what am I going to do like where is my time going to be the best spent and other days it's like okay which fire is the biggest (laughs) which one needs to be put out first (laughs) oh wow that sounds really exciting Um, it is yeah it's very I think dynamic is a tactful word to use yeah I mean you have to be very organized I bet or but also quite flexible which is probably the exciting bit yeah and I, like I'm really lucky I've got the most amazing team and like the team really kind of keeps me in check and like diverts me where they need me um so I'm really I'm really lucky to have such a great team yeah yeah I bet and so how so do you want to talk a little bit about Reverie um, yeah absolutely um so I guess I started Reverie um officially uh Reverie the boutique launched at the end of August in the middle of lockdown um it had kind of been an idea that I'd had for well probably about five six years um I'd known that I'd always wanted my own business um and I wanted it to be something but I wasn't quite sure what um and I decided to actually switch to a totally plant-based diet about four years ago now while I was living in Australia um I was working with an amazing brand there at the agency I was with at the time called Edible Beauty And Anna, who is the founder of Edible Beauty, taught me so much about natural skincare, vegan skincare. And I was just completely inspired by her, to be honest. And everything at that point kind of came into focus for me, like Reverie could be this amazing destination that fuses uh, luxury and sustainability because there wasn't really anything, anything like that at the time. And I was finding it really frustrating after turning vegan, um, and starting to only use cruelty-free products that I'd have to order everything from a different website. And like, I couldn't go to Sephora or Mecca, like with the girls and, and just shop. Cause I'd be like, okay, is this, is this lipstick vegan? Is it cruelty-free? Okay. Who's the parent company? Okay. Does it sell in China? It was like, it was really exhausting. Um, And it really took the fun out of shopping for me because uh, my degree was in fashion. I'd always worked for fashion brands and all of a sudden it felt like a really, I don't know, like, like an industry that I couldn't be part of anymore. And I was like, well, that's rubbish because surely there's a way to do it. Um, it's just that maybe the people who are doing it aren't that prominent or they're smaller businesses that I just have to look a little bit harder for. Um, so Reverie, um, I guess, started off very much, I call it a daydream because obviously a daydream, a Reverie is a daydream amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I feel like it's become a reality, which is super exciting. So I'm working with some amazing brands, um, the Wild Fawn Jewelry, who do um, really beautiful handmade pieces from recycled gold and silver, mm-hmm. um, the Honeymoon Apothecary, um, which do these beautiful vegan candles, Georgian Eddy, which is a Wonka-based brand, um, gorgeous home fragrance, really lovely diffusers, and edible beauty as well. Um, I spoke to Anna about my idea, um, and she wanted me to be her first UK stockist. So having her support through it has been absolutely incredible. 
so exciting I love it thanks thanks I love it you know I love it <laughs> and you've got your earrings you love yeah. your earrings I'm actually wearing them right now are you yeah. <laughs> that makes me so happy they're so nice they're so nice um, so I'm kind of interested what you know your role as MD at a you know fairly big Shopify agency so does Reverie help with your role at Brave the Skies yeah, definitely. I think they feed really nicely into each other. Um, so at Brave the Skies, we get we get so many inquiries from merchants of all different sizes. Obviously, we work with Rixo and Manuka Doctor who turn over, you know, hundreds of thousands a year. Um, and then we also get these inquiries from really quite small brands who are just starting up. Um, and it's really difficult because one of the things that I'm really passionate about is helping people is you know, I think that when it comes to starting a website or a business or anything, information should be really accessible. And more often than not, the only tool you've really got is Google. And it's so easy to just go down an absolute rabbit hole and not find the answers that you want. Um, So I, I guess previously, if we got an inquiry from a really small merchant who had, say, zero budget, but had this amazing idea, I'd have to say, I'm really sorry, we don't, we don't have the you know it's not feasible for us to help you for the budget that you've got I mean we're a we're a big plus agency we've got a lot of overheads to cover having you know a local team um whereas now it's really nice for me to be able to spend you know half an hour an hour on the phone to these people and say we as an agency can't really help you but I've completely bootstrapped this on my own. This is how I did it. I'm not a developer. I'm not a designer. I used this theme. I installed this app. I had this idea. I used a Pinterest board as like design. I used Instagram as a mood board. Like this is how I did it. So it's it's really nice to be able to bring that to Brave the Skies and not just have to turn people away and say, we can't help you because you don't have the budget, but here's how I did it on a budget. And if you still need development help, I can refer a smaller agency or a freelancer. Um, And I think, yeah, I mean, I mean, I suppose having worked in e-commerce for 12 years and, you know, being so lucky to work with brands, like work for brands like Zimmerman and Manning Cartel in Australia, work with brands like Rixo and Kitchery um, here in the UK, like, it's taught me so much and I feel like I've spent so much time with so many different businesses helping them grow their businesses and their online strategies I'm like okay like I've learned quite a lot I can bring yeah. this to reverie <laughs> yeah that's amazing because they've got all these big budgets and big projects uh, you can take little bits <laughs> from them and but I think it's amazing that you actually you know you spend the time with the smaller brands and give them advice and that's like it's just amazing because you can kickstart their yeah. small brand and their you know what it's like having yeah. passion and I love that that's really nice thanks <laughs> I've always, I always kind of say whenever I speak to a smaller merchant like I get it you know you've got this big idea but you don't know where to start and mm-hmm. I always give them my mobile number and like my LinkedIn profile and say if you've got any questions like I'm always happy to answer them and wow. I just think that everybody should have access to that help and that information because you know when you've got an idea and you're so like you like you're so incredibly creative like you've got so many ideas in you and I just think if there's somebody who maybe doesn't know as much as you know about e-commerce or digital like it's almost not fair that they don't get the chance to share that idea yeah I mean I, I literally um I have a video on my LinkedIn where I'm like come on agencies like give you guys a chance you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know and if you can give them advice to kickstart it and then they go and do it 
they will probably come back to you when they've got the budget. Um, exactly. Then go that step further. Exactly. Um, so yeah, like I love that. I love it. Oh, thanks. Yay. <laughs> yay. Um, so if you're a, if you're a brand and you're listening, um, speak to Lucy. Contact <laughs> to me. Let me help. <laughs> um, so you mentioned, or I think we both mentioned this, that often when you think about a vegan brand in the luxury space, it's like you might have to sacrifice luxury for vegan or yeah for sustainability so yeah talk to me about that and how have you kind of overcome that yeah I think I mean there there are obviously the really big players in the space like Stella McCartney I think is just paving the way for that luxurious sustainable vegan lifestyle obviously her designs are incredible her brand is amazing the pieces are just to die for but it's such a high price point and it's just it's not accessible to everybody um to you know make the switch to vegan and buy Stella McCartney (laughs) you don't kind of get paid for making the switch um and it was the same with um with even stupid things like with shampoo and conditioner like I would always just buy it without even thinking um the same with moisturizer and it was you know you would buy it from these beautiful luxury brands and you get the really nice packaging and you feel really nice about it um and it was just it was one of the things that was actually quite daunting for me and in, in perfume as well for example I always used to wear Alexander McQueen and Chanel perfume I loved the boxes I loved the bottles on my dressing table and it was something that I don't want to say it put me off but for a long time it was really daunting I was like oh when I I know I need to make this switch because I'm eating vegan and I know that I need to switch to cruelty-free and vegan beauty but I'm really going to miss these things like these little luxuries that you just feel make you feel so nice in the morning when you spritz on your perfume um and that was a problem that I really wanted to address because I was like that's not fair like I'm trying to do the right thing and I want to have these luxuries in my life like they make me feel good and it's it's a nice thing to have and I started doing a lot more research into it and now for example I use um one of the cream perfumes from Georgian Eddy which um which I've ended up stocking at Reverie because I love them so much and they're they last for longer, the fragrance is stronger, and they look just as beautiful. Um, and it's just about, I think it was just really about finding those brands which have luxury and sustainability as their values that have really beautiful packaging. Um, the websites are really nice, the products are really beautiful. And it's almost like it's an afterthought that they're vegan. Um, and that's something that I really wanted to do with Reverie. I wanted it to appeal to people who who are vegan and who do shop ethically and consciously because everything on there is cruelty free everything is from a small business I think everything bar three things on the website at the moment is vegan um and I also wanted it to appeal to people who are luxury shoppers and who really love those beautiful things in their lives but you know it's all it's vegan it's cruelty free and it kind of shows you that you can have both and that you don't have to choose yeah definitely I must admit I do have a Chanel perfume on my shelf right now I mean I they're beautiful I get it (laughs) they're really gorgeous it's at the end of the bottle and I'm so glad we just had that short like that bit of conversation because (laughs) that means I can make the switch now yeah it's it's at the end and then I'm done (laughs) yeah it's you know it's so it's so difficult it's such it's such a really difficult um switch to make because it really does depend on you being willing to compromise on something that you really really want like I want a Chanel perfume desperately I miss it I love the fragrance I love the smell 
but I know too much about it now and I know that I can get something else which is vegan and cruelty free and that's completely fine with me like I'm happy to make that compromise because I know that I don't have to compromise on the luxury side of things I know I can get a product which is just as good um so so yeah <laughs> yeah definitely what what is it about Chanel then the perfume what's the bad things about, about- I mean I don't want to slag off Chanel because <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> no but I think the, I guess there's a common misconception between brands that say that they don't test on animals um, unless it's required by law um, and those brands being cruelty free. So there's there's tons of brands that all say we do not test on animals unless it's specifically required by law. And obviously in the UK and the EU, it's not required by law to test on animals. It's actually illegal. Um, But if you're selling your product in an overseas market, so for example, China, testing on animals is mandatory in order to sell in that market. So while they might not test on animals to sell within the UK or within Europe or any other parts of the world, if you want to sell in that market, which is obviously a lucrative luxury market, so of course you do because it's going to be amazing for your sales, you have to pay to have your products tested on animals before you can sell in that market. Um, So yeah, there's there's an amazing website actually called uh, cruelty-free-kitty.com. And it's the most incredible comprehensive directory of brands which sell in China, don't sell in China, all of their like animal testing policies. It's it's a brilliant website. I recommend it to anybody who's looking to learn more about which brands are cruelty free. Wow. Okay, I'll be I'll be going on that and I'll yeah, have a look. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. Of course. Um, So switching it up a little bit, but staying on reverie topic. What was the branding process like? Because I love your branding and your Instagram feed. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, To be honest, um, I'm really, I'm really lucky because my, um, my fiance is a designer um, and he helped me so much with the branding, with the fonts, with the colors, um, with the way that the website was going to look. So he actually runs his own design studio called Field and Black. I think you've actually spoken to him before. I I think he was going to help you out (laughs) with something. Yeah. And you know, having having a live-in designer is like super handy when you've got no budget to do Amazing. anything. Oh. Um, so yeah, I was I was really really lucky um, that he helped me out so much, um, and he's been he's been so supportive of everything to do with Reverie because I have kind of a constant fear of not wanting to do something in case it goes wrong, um, and I think especially when when you work in e-commerce there's almost an immediate expectation that if you launch your own business then of course it's going to go really well and your sales are going to be amazing and everything is just going to sell out immediately so it was quite daunting like putting it out there like this idea that I'd had for so long um, and I didn't know if I was ever really going to be ready to do it and to share it but um, my fiance was incredible about it and so like so when my mum and my sister and my dad and my best friend Charlie, they were all just always encouraging me, like, no, you can do it, you should go for it. Um, so yeah, they were they were an amazing part of um, kind of actually bringing Reverie to life because I definitely wouldn't have done it without their kind of encouragement and support for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think um, <laughs> top tip, everyone, find a fiance who is a designer. <laughs> Get engaged to a designer ASAP. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, what can I say? That's a bit perfect, isn't it? Um, it's, an, yeah. it's an unfair advantage, really. <laughs> God. 
Um, okay, so uh, similar to that topic, I'm wondering, you know, I know that when I go on an Instagram, I just feel really relaxed and mindful and like, oh, and I'm like, ooh, um, and positive. So is that part of your marketing strategy or is it just part of like what you feel like putting out there in the world? Um, I suppose, I suppose a little bit of both really. Um, I've, um, I used to uh, know an amazing woman who is actually a Brit. She lives in Australia and she has a brand called Flora and Fauna. Mm-hmm. it's um it's like a vegan superstore it's absolutely amazing I mean if there's anybody who lives in Australia that wants to make a switch to a vegan lifestyle um Julie Mathers started Flora and Fauna to be just that it's got everything um and I was really lucky to meet her a couple of times while I was living in Sydney and she always used to tell me that she she founded Flora and Fauna on kindness and that is what she leads with for everything kindness to the environment to the people that she works with um to animals to everything across the board um and that really stuck with me um and I also have um a wonderful friend called Beck who actually also has her own small business called Sulky Studio she does the most amazing silk scrunchies um unfortunately they're not vegan so which is the only reason why I wouldn't stock them on Reverie but I use them I have bought them they are incredible Um, And she told me when I started Reverie that if you become your own brand, um, then your brand will always feel honest and will always feel authentic. And that's probably one of the best bits of advice I've ever had about Reverie. And I want it to feel like me. I like to think that I'm a nice and positive (laughs) and warm person. And I want the brand to feel like that as well. So kind of a healthy amount of escapism in the Instagram feed, like lots of really nice travel shots um, but I just want it, I want people to feel how you feel like calm and mindful and, you know, like you're in this really nice destination where the outside negativity doesn't matter. It doesn't affect you and you can just relax. That's really what I want Reverie to feel like this whole idea about it being a daydream and a fanciful state of musing. I love that. I think it's just, sometimes it's nice to just switch off a bit from everyday life. That's so nice. You just feel like content when you look at yeah. Instagram feed. Like that is me. That is the brand. And yeah, just really. That makes me that. happy. Yeah. And it could be, you know, burning one of the really beautiful candles or it could just be having one of the pieces of jewellery on or, you know, the sleep masks or the bath salts, anything like that. Just almost finding that time in your day to just relax. And that's, that's the reverie for me is just those little those little luxuries. I love it whilst being kind to the planet <laughs> exactly without compromising on anything yeah I love it and also um the Duchess of Cambridge <laughs> oh my god I love her <laughs> I'm such honestly anyone who knows me will know I have been a Kate Middleton fan since literally day one <laughs> I've had my hair blow dried like her really? I dress like her <laughs> and then she just was wearing a necklace that looks is it is it the exact same one it's not unfortunately <laughs> but my my mum actually texted me um the morning that she saw Kate wearing that necklace because my um basically my mum has helped me so much with reverie um 
she really keeps me in check um because I just want to buy everything stop everything and do everything at a million miles an hour and mum's always like no like I don't think that product is right or I don't think that's correct and I'm like no mum this is going to be really good and she actually said that about the pearl choker and she was like I don't know if that's on brand for reverie it's a little bit modern it's a bit too trendy and I was like no I've got a really good feeling about this necklace Mm. and she texted me the picture of Kate wearing it and she was like okay you're right (laughs) yes it's really funny I wish it was honestly if I could send a reverie gift box to anyone it would be the Duchess of Cambridge <laughs> <laughs> I love it has, has anyone like uh, did you see an increase in sales because of, <laughs> because of the photo? sadly not <laughs> I was really excited about it though <laughs> I can imagine you probably dancing around <laughs> oh my god I love it I've got the giggles now I know this this always happens to us (laughs) just vibing um oh okay um yeah I'm gonna try and stop laughing (laughs) so yeah so what does your marketing strategy look like um taking in like keep in mind that you know you've worked with all these big brands with bigger budgets and stuff like what have you taken yeah um Oh, it's a really, it's a really difficult question because the honest answer is that I am completely winging it and I'm just (laughs) seeing what, that's just me being completely honest. I'm just trying to see what works and trying to see what people respond to. So I've tried um, doing like a big gift away on Instagram, you know, you're kind of standard like this post and share it and tag a friend and make sure you're all following the page kind of thing. And that went really well. I feel like people responded really well to that. And it was also a nice way to introduce the products to somebody as well, which was great. Whoever won, you know, you send them this beautiful box. um, And it's a nice way to get the products out there a bit more. Um, I do a lot of um, just emails, email marketing, and I like to make them quite conversational Mm-hmm. and kind of talk about why why I really love the products and why I think they're really really great or, or or whatever or make a really great gift um I've tried Facebook and Instagram ads and that's actually something that um I'm looking for a little bit of help with um so if anybody is listening to this Ooh. and if they know how to do Facebook and Instagram or Google ads really Ooh. well please let me know <laughs> I actually do know a few people. Do you? Can you? Yes. I was going to ask you about this, um, and I was I was hoping that you would know some people. So yes. I haven't got the world's biggest budget, um, but if you if there's anybody within like your community or like the Mindful Commerce Network, like super keen yes. um, to talk to someone about helping me with that because I think that that is quite a good strategy. And um, whenever I've randomly thrown some money at an Instagram ad, it seems to do quite well. So yeah, um, but I know that it's not marketing is not my forte like e-commerce is e-commerce is my thing really um so if there's anyone you can connect me with who knows more about digital marketing that would be amazing well, I may have someone in mind who I'll tell Excellent. you about after this <laughs> but, but amazing. Out there. <laughs> and, yeah right so okay now I'm completely changing the subject so, that's okay let's jump um, track we always do this we do this all the time so that's fine I love it I could go off on so many different tangents but I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> um yeah so sustainability in e-commerce obviously this is a big yeah. topic um and it's big one topic, and it's probably a joint favorite topic between us um <laughs> so what do you think are the biggest environmental challenges in e-commerce 
Um, God, that is such a big question, Chrissy. You know that's a big question. (laughs) Um, Oh, gosh, I don't even really know where to begin with this one, to be honest, because I think that I think the first problem happened years and years and years ago where fast fashion rose really quickly. And it was kind of this immediate demand that you wanted to have a rip-off version of something that you'd seen on the runway or on a celebrity. And I think brands brands responded to that really, really quickly. And companies sprung up with that as their whole business model, which is you see something on Saturday on a celebrity in a magazine or on a runway at Fashion Week. And by the Wednesday, you're selling it to like thousands of people. And at the time, I think everyone was really quite naive to what the impact of that actually was and it was like oh my god amazing you can get you know you can get a a version of a Gucci bag or a YSL blazer and it's a fraction of the cost and you get it before the brand has even manufactured it Mm. um and it was you know I think I was probably even a bit of a sucker for it at the time I was probably about in my late teens I suppose early 20s when this was really happening and it was quite exciting you know being on a fashion course um at uni and thinking oh my god yeah you've got the the Primark version of the whatever it was an Alexander McQueen dress or whatever um and it was quite exciting whereas now I think we're really feeling the impact of that and the effect of it which is well what has that done I mean it's completely exploited factories all over the world where you know, you can't pay your workers a living wage because they're working around the clock and you have to manufacture this fabric in double time. And the quickest, cheapest, easiest way to do it is not sustainable. Um, And of course, the way in which these things are manufactured, it's done cheaply so that you can sell it cheaply so that people don't have to wear it for that long because it's not really going to be in style for that long. So the reality is that all of those products more often than not just end up in landfill and because the fabrics that they've been developed from aren't sustainable they're obviously not natural fabrics they're not biodegradable they've got thousands of microplastics in them and it just goes straight back into the planet into landfill um that kind of over consumerism almost if that's the right term it's constantly servicing that demand and then meeting the new demand rather than almost challenging the customer to shop with longevity and sustainability in mind and it's just every single brand it's a race to the bottom and a race to see who can ship their products the fastest by airmail or by courier vans or whatever and it's this constant need that's now 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 I want it tomorrow I want this I want that and brands are constantly on the back foot because they feel that the only way that they can meet that demand is just to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. Probably at their own cost and definitely at an environmental cost. Yeah. That's probably the biggest problem that I see. Definitely. I totally agree. And I don't think that the brands will actually like that. They're probably quite stressed about it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Have to keep up with all the other brands and who's the fastest and exactly and who's who's doing next day shipping for free like who's doing same day shipping you know in some postcodes you can get it the same day like how stressful is that to have somebody constantly on your orders grid refreshing in case something comes in like I can't imagine the amount of anxiety that someone must feel for that it's horrifying I I, it stresses me out thinking about it no same same here and it's just it's this constant demand for now and immediately and cheaper 
And there's no, there aren't really any brands pushing back on that, I think, other than, you know, your really big ones like Stella McCartney that really incorporate that whole messaging in their brand. And I guess the people who follow her brand are really invested in those values as well. So they're happy to shop with a brand that matches those values. Whereas your run of the mill average customer who doesn't really care too much about sustainability and doesn't really care too much about the fabric content of their jumper or top or dress or whatever, they're not going to ask the questions. They're just going to think, well, I'll just shop with the brand that's the cheapest that can get it to me the quickest. Yeah. I mean, I do think that there's obviously the rise of conscious consumerism and people are waking up to, you know, these greenwashing brands and yeah, it, it's, it's hopefully changing. Um, hopefully, um in five years time we'll be moving towards a more sustainable world and I hope so I really hope so I think it's just it just takes a couple of the I suppose of the market leaders of your high street stores of bigger fashion brands just to start educating their customers on where the products come from where they're manufactured why the price is what the price is Mm. Um, and really start making it part of their brand identity as opposed to just being these faceless, brandless, fast fashion brands. Yeah, I agree. I do think that small brands like Reverie do have power. And I do think, you know, if we if we get together and do it together and um, fight, combat, you know, fast <laughs> fashion and just boycott them all, we'll... Yeah, because... I hope so. I, I hope so. And... It's kind of, it's it's something that's so beautiful about small businesses because they're these tiny little ideas that have become online businesses that specialize in these beautiful products. And that's really all I ever wanted for Reverie. I wanted it to be more than just an online shop. I wanted it to be a destination where you can go and you can browse and you can see really beautiful content and you can shop and you can send gifts. I wanted it to be very inclusive and very I suppose very socially and environmentally um and it's if more brands if more brands do that I mean it's definitely the way that things are moving I mean with all of the David Attenborough documentaries that people are seeing now I mean hopefully people are actually listening to what he's saying rather than just thinking oh yeah David Attenborough is really cool he's really awesome it's like yeah so do what he's telling you to do now (laughs) I really hope that that's going to be the way that it's moving yeah and if you you know you watch you watch um David Attenborough programs and you're like really inspired and and then yeah if you don't do anything then what's the point Mm. anyway um (laughs) another rabbit hole we could go down yeah let's not (laughs) so many oh gosh find myself in them all day um (laughs) on a a personal note then um what's your vision for the future where do you see yourself in five years Oh, sounds like an interview question. It does sound like an interview <laughs> question, one which I wasn't actually prepared for. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's so much more that I want to do with Brave the Skies. Um, you know, the agency is it's changing really quickly. We're evolving really quickly. There's new brands who want to work with us, which is awesome. I've just actually hired an incredible general manager who I am so excited to start working with. Um, and I think that she's going to be a real breath of fresh air. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely see Brave the Skies as a big part of my future, regardless of what happens with Reverie. Um, 
but I want to spend more on building Reverie. Um, I feel like I've got so many ideas for what I want to do with it. I would love to introduce clothing at some point as well and really make it more of a lifestyle boutique, um, all sustainable, you know, beautiful vegan fabrics, you know, bamboo silk, which is what the eye masks are made from, um, and linen and organic cotton. I would love to, I'd really love to expand the product range into my own stock rather than just essentially other people's products and ideas so I would love to do that um and I think with Brave the Skies I'd love to I would love to focus more on working with brands on their marketing strategies and what they're going to do with their new collections and new products and possibly even be part of that process as would be amazing wow good nice yeah Yeah, quite a lot (laughs) quite a lot of things I I love the vision though it's good it's all good and (laughs) brave the skies are very lucky to have have um and and, and also it's very nice to hear that the uh, did you say a managing director no your managing director um but the the, (laughs) your new person (laughs) is going to be a woman yes Yes. oh my god I'm so excited about that Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Um there's there's not enough of us. There aren't enough of us in management positions or leadership positions, you know, industry industry-wide, but specifically in e-commerce tech. Um I think we're a very underrepresented gender <laughs> in that sector. Um and I think you know, it's it's so nice. I speak to so many of our clients who have who have actually said that one of the reasons that they like working with our agency is because we're female led and there aren't really any other plus agencies. There might be one or two in London who have women at the top as managing directors or COOs. And I think naturally as women, we're a lot more empathetic um, and you think a lot more about the bigger picture and the end customer. And you know yourself how you feel when you open a beautiful new delivery and whether or not that's a new dress or a pair of earrings for example you know the feeling that you want that customer to have and if you if you know that feeling and if you know how to create that feeling through technology through packaging through branding it means that the client has the most amazing experience with you because you understand this to be their customer and you understand how their customer wants to engage with their brand and you know how to advise them how to make their brand feel like that comes really naturally to me because I am a customer um I'm an avid customer of so many of the brands that we work with and it means that I can get a shipping email or an order confirmation email and say not really too sure on the tone of voice here like it doesn't really make me feel particularly engaged it feels a little bit businessy a bit cold Mm. how can we change that um so yeah it's yeah again I feel like it's an unfair advantage being a woman (laughs) (laughs) I think it's great I think it's great and um congratulations by the way on uh being nominated for (laughs) amazing women in (laughs) e-commerce thank you so much do you know I I honestly was thinking about nominating you because I saw it and I was like who ah I know (laughs) how does it feel to be nominated oh my god honestly I was so excited I was so so excited and so touched that somebody or some people you know thought that and it was yeah it's an amazing I suppose recognition to have your name out there as someone thinks that of you and I posted it on my LinkedIn profile and I just got the most amazing comments from 
you know, people who I haven't spoken to for years and it was just, oh, I honestly, I felt quite emotional to be honest. Oh. I know it's only, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of women who are in e-commerce who are absolutely incredible and I have no expectations that I'm going to even come close to winning. Um, but it's just, it's nice on, on a personal level to feel, I suppose, recognised and supported. Um, it, yeah, it was yeah, quite emotional, I think, um, is the word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great. And uh, um, it's Yopo, isn't it? That Yeah, it is. And, and they're donating, um, I think, $5 for every nomination to a girls charity, which which is just incredible. I think supporting supporting young girls with education and progression is just, it's such a hugely important part of like the global economy and like what girls can do and what women can do when they're educated and empowered is just there's no limits so it's it's definitely an amazing thing to be part of even if it is just for the you know for the support of the charity so exciting so exciting um so yes i think i need to wrap this up um, <laughs> we could we could chat for another solid few hours so probably um, best i mean we need to meet in real life one day we do. <laughs> well covid's kept us apart hasn't it like we've been chatting for months now and it's always been video calls and and facebook messages yeah i'm like i'm normally me with a another idea <laughs> <laughs> or me being like chrissy what do you think i should do about this <laughs> yeah. i love it um so if you could give your, say, I don't know, one or two tips to a aspiring brand, a, a sustainable one, what would that be? Oh, um, I think I think I would actually have to um, repeat Beck's advice to me, which is just to be your brand, be honest, be authentic, and it will be the easiest thing in the world. Just build a brand around you and what you think is right and your passions and I don't think you can go wrong perfect and did you kind of like write a list or you know at the beginning where you're like what is my why what is who am I um so so that is something that Joel my fiance was trying to get me to do for years (laughs) and I really put off doing it because I was like these questions are so intimidating I don't know the answers to these questions I really don't want to do it Mm. um and he sat down with me and did it and he was like I know the answer to all of these questions because it's just you um so yeah he was he definitely guided me through that whole process I wouldn't have done it on my own I was ready to just wing the whole thing (laughs) and see what happened and he was like no you can do this answer this question you know write this down um so yeah (laughs) I can't I genuinely can't take any credit for every it's all been my mum and Joel and my sister and my dad (laughs) and my best friend Charlie (laughs) oh they're the real brains behind the operation (laughs) I should have interviewed them on the podcast (laughs) I know (laughs) next time I'll bring them all (laughs) you'll get much more from them (laughs) oh that's hilarious (laughs) Because that's like my favourite thing ever to just, I'm, I'm probably very different to you then because I like sitting down and just like brainstorming and being like, who am I? What's my vision? What's my yeah. why? And I can get grounded and, and then I'm ready. That's such an amazing quality though. Like you're so good at that. You've got, because you've got so many ideas and you're really good at getting them all out and putting a structure to them and writing it down and mapping it out. And I think 
I naturally find it quite intimidating. And I, I feel like things are very safe inside my head. I'm like, I kind of know what it is. I know what it looks like. If I close my eyes, I can really visualize it. Mm. But the second I put it down on paper, it becomes very, you know, it feels like it becomes very real and quite scary. Um, and I feel quite intimidated by that sometimes, which is something that I need to work on. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, so you're probably, if you're visual then, maybe it'll be mood boards and like you said, mm. like Pinterest boards and stuff like that. Exactly. Then... I've got thousands of Pinterest boards <laughs> and my Instagram saved items is quite out of control. Wow. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I get so much more from an image and I can look at an image and be like, mm. yep, okay, so that's how I feel and that's how I want it to look and that's how I want people to think when they look at it. Whereas writing it down is, I don't know, it, it makes it very black and white and it doesn't feel as... I suppose warm and cozy to me (laughs) it's like a big image mood board does yeah or like your Instagram feed exactly yeah and it's nice to you know when you're looking at different images and you're looking at the colors and like the tones in them and the way that they make you feel like that makes me feel very comfortable yeah Um, I wish I could do mind maps better um Rachel Jacobs who we both work with um she is amazing at mind maps and she did this major one for me in our catch-up last week and I was like oh god this is so good but also so intimidating oh (laughs) why do I begin with this (laughs) yeah that's so interesting it's it's funny isn't it how everyone's got different ways of yeah yeah just mapping things out I mean I like oh my god my the reason I, I I think the reason why I do start so many different random businesses <laughs> I just really like the ideas phase and then like the branding so like yeah. the colors and then like the fonts and yeah how it's all gonna look and then and then it happens and it, it's like it comes to life exactly but you're so good because you do all of the planning you do oh. everything you've got all of the information the whole structure and plan is down before you do anything it's so good yeah, yeah but then I'm like oh okay now I've got it what do I do now <laughs> now what <laughs> oh. Oh, I think that's why we work well together we bounce off each other really well yeah I love it oh <laughs> Well, I'll let you go and have your lunch. Um, oh, it was so great to chat to you, Christy. Thank you so much for inviting me to do thank this. Thank you. Thank you. And best of luck with everything. I know thank that you. it's going to be great. Oh, <laughs> you kind. Thank you so much. And we'll catch up soon. Yes. All right. Perfect. Bye. Thanks so much, Christy. Bye. This series is sponsored by Collectify. Collectify is a content marketing agency working specifically with Shopify solutions to successfully position and promote their app or agency. Episodes go out every Monday, so don't forget to subscribe or you might miss a few knowledge bombs. And finally, if you'd like to join the Mindful Commerce community with lots of conscious brands and e-commerce experts who are all working together to make change, please email info at mindfulcommerce.io and I'll send you the deets.